With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Saturday, February 6th. We are live at the beautiful Michael and Ann Greenwood Tennis Center in Stillwater, Oklahoma for this year's Division I Women's National Indoor Championships. And look, when I say beautiful, sometimes that's hyperbolic. Sometimes I just want to be kind to the hosts of the site we are at. But truthfully, folks, this Greenwood Tennis Center is beautiful, was worthy of being named the host of the 2020 NCAA Championships. I am so happy. Obviously, disappointed we didn't get to head out to Seattle this year, but so happy the Oklahoma State program got to highlight this tennis facility because it really is gorgeous, folks. 12 outdoor courts, the beautiful six indoor courts as well. This place is worthy of an NCAA championship, and I hope we get the opportunity to come back here in the future, and I believe we will. I don't remember the year. It might be 2022, 2023, but uh, certainly you can understand why so many players find it appealing to come spend their four years in Stillwater. Of course, we also had some phenomenal uh, tennis that was appealing, hopefully, to all of you college tennis fans that tuned in throughout the day. I want to thank all of you that took the time to reach out to us here, uh, whether it be on social media, however, whatever method you may have used. We really appreciate all of the messages of encouragement. And obviously, we were treated to a fantastic day of tennis. Our top four seeds all advancing to the semifinals, of course. I had the opportunity to recap all of the matches immediately after they happened. We recorded those segments yesterday. You can find all of them in video form on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. So if you want to see my smiling face and want to actually see this Greenwood Tennis Center in action, here, uh, see for yourself uh, the beauty that I am talking about. Go check those out on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. Of course, Super Producer Daniel Westoff will breathe a huge sigh of relief and be much appreciative if you hit that subscribe button while you are there as well. But again, Four, top four seeds all advancing on the day. North Carolina first, then Pepperdine. Of course, we were followed by a UCLA victory and then ultimately Texas in the nightcap. I talk about all four of those matches. Here are those conversations. Let's go chronologically through day one's matches, and we'll start with our number one seed, UNC, who emerged as a 4-0 winner today over Ohio State. Now, the big story to start the match, no Alexa Graham in doubles for the Tar Heels, and we know that number one doubles team of Graham and Davitella, they set the tone for the Tar Heels at the top of their doubles lineup. Now, the good news for Coach Calbus and his team with their depth, it wasn't an issue. They had McKenna Jones, former number one singles player in the country, fill in for Alexa Graham, and yes, her and Davitella ended up losing their match to Boulay and Allen, who, by the way, are a revelation. I think Ohio State's going to be particularly good in doubles. They play to win. They play so aggressively. They try to get two up as frequently as possible. They were good today in doubles, but 
Of course, the depth of the Tar Heels, as it always does, ended up winning out, and you look for them. Uh, they got a fairly straightforward win at the number three doubles position from Ali Sanford, the fifth-year senior and freshman, I believe, Riley Tran. And then it was the team of Mora and Scotty coming back from an early breakdown to clinch 6-3 at that number two position. Again, that gifted the Tar Heels a 1-0 lead, and when you're playing North Carolina, you cannot give them a 1-0 lead because they can win four singles matches against anyone, but it is damn near impossible to win four singles matches against the Tar Heels. And look, they came out and they steamrolled where they need to steamroll. Alexa Graham didn't play doubles, didn't miss a beat. She comes out straight set victory uh, at the number one position over Inra, uh, Irina Kantos, uh, who, you know, Irina Kantos was actually very good today. I like the lefty. I like the weapon she can play with in indoor tennis. She seems to thrive at, but... Look, Alexa Graham going to Alexa Graham, right? The forehand was working around the court. She kept uh, Contos on her back foot the entire time. And, of course, the energy level for Graham. Once the commands start coming on, uh, there's no chance you're going to slow down Alexa Graham. So she earns a victory 2-3 and three, or 3-2 three and two at the number one position, of course. For Sarah Davitella, 2-0 and oh over Coley Allen. It was just a bad matchup, I think, from start to finish. It was pretty clear, you know, Davitella, she just keeps you out of the, in, you know, she keeps you out of the center of the court. She attacks the outer third. She plays with such depth and a flat, she hits such a flat ball and it just disrupted the rhythm of Allen. And so it was all Davitella from start to finish. And you could tell in about 10 minutes that match was going to get away from Coley Allen. Now, elsewhere, the Buckeyes competed really, really well. And by the way, they competed well at the top two spots, but in particular, the player of the day, if you're to Buckeye fan. Number three singles player Isabel Boulay, who of course earned the doubles victory at the number one spot, but then was up a 6-2 first set on uh, number six player in the country, I believe Cameron Mora for UNC, and then she was up in that second set before ultimately dropping it to Mora, but I thought she performed really, really well. I thought Lucia Marzal taking that first set over McKenna Jones just, you know, Jones is going to make so many balls, right? Jones is an absolute rock on the court, and uh, Marzal just played to win. She went for her shot. She played as though she was playing the number one team in the country, and she had nothing to lose. And obviously, as a tennis fan, that's what you want to see from a lower-ranked team. You want to see them play to win, not play not to lose. And that's what the Buckeyes did at the three and five spots. Now, number four, number six, you know, Elizabeth Scotty ultimately getting over the finish line, four and three over Lisa Hoffbauer. And then Fiona Crawley was a game away, six, four, five, one up at that number six position. Look. There's a reason I speak so highly of the Tar Heels. They made today's match look routine. They were on and off the court in about two hours. And when you can do that this early in an event like this, that's obviously good news. And for the Tar Heels as well, to see them bounce back after the 4-3 result in Athens against Georgia. I think if you're Coach Calbus, there are things you can improve, right? It wasn't your team playing their absolute best, but they didn't need to play their absolute best, and they still won 4-0. They've now won, I think, something like 23 straight matches dating back to the start of last season. Their last two losses came in 2019 in the National Indoor Finals and then in the NCAA Semifinals. They're a team that's made the finals of this event, I want to say, every year the past six years and won three titles during that stretch as well. So look, North Carolina, they're exceptional. Ohio State is sneaky good. I think it's them, it's Northwestern, it's Michigan. It's a three-headed horse race for the Big Ten title this year, and all of those teams' potential quarterfinalists come NCAA tournament. But, again, North Carolina is on a class... You don't want to say of its own because there's some other really good teams, but, you know, they're in the class of the elites of the elites in not just this season but college tennis history. They showed that today in match number one. 
let's stick to the chronological order now, go to match number two, which ended up, I think, a lot closer than some of the experts predicted. Now, there were some extenuating circumstances for that result, and the result I'm talking about, Pepperdine, 4-2 winners over Georgia Tech. Let's start with the big takeaway. No Ashley Leahy at the number one singles position or in doubles today for the Wave. She had a cast on her wrist forearm area. Didn't get the chance to hear her answer as to why she wasn't playing. Heard a couple of different answers. According to Coach Nilsson, A, it was a day-to-day injury. B, he joked in the post-match press conference that it's because she ate a Twix last night. I'm going to imagine that that was a joke, and then it had something to do with her wrist uh, because you imagine Ashley Leahy, they want her on court whenever possible, and they didn't have her today. And that made a difference in doubles. And look, against this Georgia team who have the number one doubles team of Kenya Jones and Victoria Flores who are going to beat you even when you have a full lineup, uh, Georgia Tech did what they had to do to start off their upset campaign. Whenever you're playing a team like Pepperdine, who has the highest power six UTR, I believe, in the country, you need to start out strong. You need to get momentum on your side. That's exactly what they did in taking a 1-0 lead in the doubles point, and you look for them. They get a really impressive 6-3 victory at number one from the number five team in the country of Jones and Flores, and then they take a 7-6 decision after uh, Pepperdine served for the doubles point at number two doubles, up 5-4. They get the break back, end up taking the tiebreak, Gia Cohen and Ruth Marsh, 7-6, as well as uh, with that number one doubles flight to earn the doubles point, and You know, after that, things looked like it was going to be straightforward. It looks like they woke the sleeping dragon in Pepperdine, who even without Leahy, you bring in Faia, you bring in Shiori Fakuda and uh, Pachkaleva, their freshmen, Ringler, Czar, uh, Redlick. They have the depth in singles, folks. And this is my first time seeing this iteration of Pepperdine in person. It's the real deal, folks. Now, you know, they end up getting wins across the... You know, they end up winning six first sets. And I think the big takeaway at first, and we had the chance to chat with her... Jessica Fala, who, by the way, that's how you pronounce it. It's Fala. It's not Faia. I asked her. We have the official confirmation. I won't be screwing that up moving forward. And I apologize to her and the Fala family for screwing that up so frequently in the past. That being said, she was a stud today for the Pepperdine Waves. I mean, just her ability to take that ball early on the rise. She was on top of everything. And Kenya Jones just was unable to find her rhythm today. Kenya Jones is number 15 in the country, fifth-year senior, and to disrupt her rhythm speaks to how well Fala was playing between her, Fakuda, who, by the way, that Fakuda-Flores match was the best match I saw today at an individual flight, at least as of me recording this. I mean, that match was just spectacular and Both of them, you could have switched that flight to the number one position. It would have made total sense. That was such a fun battle. And, of course, uh, it ended with Fakuda up 5-2 after she served for the match in the second set. She was up 5-2 in the third. But your other wins for Pepperdine came where you expected them. We said the depth for Pepperdine is what's going to help them win out. Guess where they got wins today, folks? Four, five, six singles. That is where this depth of this team comes through. And unless you are in the group of the elites of the elites, unless you have a Crawley and, you know, a McKenna Jones and Elizabeth Scotty at the bottom of your lineup, it's going to be really, really difficult to compete with this Pepperdine team, particularly when you consider the fact, you know, once they bring Ashley Leahy back in the lineup, everyone moves down another spot. And, you know, watching their players at the bottom of the lineup, their number five singles player, Lisa Czar, 
she's going to be incredible during the outdoor season because simply put, I don't think I watched her miss a ball today, and I thought she was going to win that tiebreaker. She goes up 6-1, 6-all, 5-3 in the second set breaker, loses the tiebreaker 7-5, runs away with the third set, though. 6-2 was just an absolute rock. Lexi Ringler. You know, uh, redshirt freshman. She was a great today, six and five win over Mahawk Jane, but she did enough to earn the victory. And then, of course, Nikki Redlick uh, gets over the hump in the end. I think she lost her first six match points, but then on the seventh match point, ultimately gets the six four in the third victory over Rosie Garcia Gross. And look, if you're Georgia Tech, they were without their number two singles player here this weekend. They still uh, with this week, excuse me, here on Friday, and they still took Pepperdine, who many consider, and by many, I'm talking to you, Chris Hallioris, many consider right 1B with UNC in terms of national title contender. But look, I mean, Georgia Tech gave them the business. There's a reason Georgia Tech 4-3 wins over South Carolina and Duke. Georgia Tech's going to play everyone close because their pathway to four points in every match is just very clear. Win the doubles point, get a victory from Flores at the number two singles position. Kenya Jones is going to compete at number one every match as well. And then just find a fourth point. And against the best of the best teams, obviously that gets a little trickier. But uh, here today, I thought they competed so well. The fact that they took the three singles match, five singles match, six singles match, and two singles match to a third set after dropping six first sets again. A little bit of a brain fart after taking that doubles point. And of course, Pepperdine was always going to make a push and jump on them. But... I thought it was a really good performance for Georgia Tech, who's clearly one of the favorites probably now to make the quarterfinals, maybe outside of UNC, obviously, uh, the favorite to do some serious damage within the ACC conference. But, of course, the story for Pepperdine, as we expected, their singles depth shines through today after they drop the doubles point. And remember, the big takeaway, they did it all without the number one singles player in the country, Ashley Leahy. So, of course, all of us can be thrilled about the fact that we are going to get to see UNC versus Pepperdine tomorrow indoors. I imagine it will not be the only time these two teams see each other late in the fi- in the finals of a, a late in a late round of a national event. So, of course, that is something for us to be super excited about. But again, it was Pepperdine 4-2 over Georgia Tech. A little more dramatic than expected, but ultimately, I think the correct result. Time to chat about match number three here on day one, and unfortunately, it wasn't the match we were hoping to see. Oklahoma State, our wonderful hosts here this weekend, down a bunch of players on their roster due to COVID-19 protocols. As such, they were only able to compete with four rostered players, three of them scholarship athletes, the other a walk-on. And let's just start here. Given those circumstances... What an unbelievable performance from this Oklahoma State Cowgirl team. They competed their asses off and sincerely uh, played a really, really strong match. They were up at the number one doubles flight when play stopped. And, you know, unfortunately they lost 6-0 at number two doubles. But, of course, when you're asking a walk-on to match up against Abby Forbes, who was maybe last year's National Freshman of the Year, she might have actually been named the Freshman of the Year. So that's a tough ask for anyone. But, of course, for this UCLA team, look, when you go up two doubles flights, uh, up a doubles flight and two singles matches to start, 
really hard to blow that lead. They didn't do that today. They looked good at number two doubles. They looked good, uh, as always, at the bottom of their lineup. Players like Altic and Vivian Wolf, uh, you know, both putting together uh, strong performances today. And then, obviously, they get the win from Annette Gulak uh, to clinch that 4-0 victory. Now, the one struggle, the one note for UCLA today, Alicia Bolton did not play her best tennis, and she was down a set to Oklahoma State's number one. And by the way, the Oklahoma State player played a fantastic match at the number one position. But Alicia Bolton did not have her best stuff today. The forehand sprayed a little bit. She just wasn't that confident playing that aggressive brand of tennis that we know defines her game. And of course, Alicia Bolton, one of the top players in the country. So we know what she is capable of when she does play her best. She didn't today. But of course, you know, for the Bruins, you're probably thinking we've got a lot of matches ahead of us. This was nice to get an easy one under the under our belts and you know for them they played without Jada Hart today no Abby Forbes in the singles lineup and they look just fine this UCLA team may be the most underrated number two team in the country perhaps ever given of course we're all so excited about the shiny new toys Pepperdine Texas but Look, UCLA is going to UCLA here this weekend. They are going to have success. But, of course, you're fooling yourself if you think this UCLA team won't be right in the hunt for the national championship come May. But, of course, that was match number three, and it was UCLA 4-0 victory over host Oklahoma State. And finally, let's talk about our nightcap now, the University of Texas advancing 4-1 over the Wildcats of Northwestern. Was a closer match than anticipated, particularly given the fact that Northwestern was without their number two singles player, half of their number one doubles team, Julie Byrne. But truth be told, the Wildcats looked really, really good indoors. And it's a credit to Texas, who just jumped on them in doubles, particularly uh, at the number one position they led from start to finish there. And then, again, once you go 1-0 up, if you're Texas, the depth you have in singles, uh, obviously you feel pretty good about it if you are a Longhorn fan after taking that doubles point. But credit to the Wildcats, who were without, again, their number two singles player. Everyone has to jump up a spot. But they actually got a win at the number two position. Clarissa Hand knocking off Anna Tarati and just taking it to her. I know we're playing indoors, but and Tarati more of an outdoor player where she can use her craft and variety. But, I mean, Hand took it to her, was going down the line at will, was, you know, picking her spots beautifully as well. And so if you're the Wildcats, you feel... Uh, really good about that result. Of course, at the number one position, you had uh, a battle of freshmen. And let me just say, you know, I watched a lot of tennis today. I don't think there was a single f- person who was more impressive. There may have been some equally impressive, but no one was more impressive on the day than Texas freshman Peyton Stearns, who just has it, folks. You watch her strike a forehand, you listen to the contact point, it's just different. The 99.9% of the players here this weekend, and you can tell, uh, obviously, why uh, the team is so encouraged about her uh, moving forward. And look, they didn't just get victories from her; three singles victories on the day, all coming from their uh, coming from three of their freshmen. Of course, uh, you had Lulu Sun, who not only provided a victory for the Longhorns in doubles, but was also critical to their singles success as well. And then, of course, you had uh, I believe it was at the number four singles 
doubles position uh, where the team also got a win in straight sets. Their first point on the board, actually, from Charlotte Shvatapan uh, over Caroline Pozo. And look, elsewhere, uh, you know, uh, Malaka Rapalu was on match point seven five five two up at number five. The battle at number six between Labana and McCulgan. Uh, looked like it was heading to another tiebreaker after a 7-6 first set. So if you're a Wildcat fans, considering you were down one of your top players here, you're, you're, you're okay with your result. You showed really well in doubles. You feel like you probably were leaning towards winning uh, that number three doubles position and then you know, a 6-3 set at 1, a 6-4 set at 2 when you're down one of your top doubles players. You can live with that result. Uh, but certainly if you're Texas, it's an indoor event. First time for so many of these freshmen at this event for you to get a 4-1 win over a crafty uh, Northwestern veteran lace team. You're feeling good uh, heading into the semifinals, and obviously it should be a thrilling semifinal in that matchup they have tomorrow against UCLA. So overall, thought Texas looked pretty good. And if you're a Northwestern fan, yeah, you lost 4-1, but far more positives than negatives to take away from the match. That'll do it for our recap of day one of the Division I Women's National Indoor Championships. Of course, I'm going to preview day two's action tomorrow. That is going to be on video. You can find that on our YouTube channel. May also end up as a podcast as well. It just depends on how much free time Super Producer Daniel Westhoff ends up having. But of course, we will be live from Stillwater all day tomorrow and throughout the weekend covering all the action. You can find those links on the ITA website, on our website, social media, on the Oklahoma State website. You guys know where to find these links if you are listening to this podcast. But again, if you don't, just check out our Cracked Racket social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It'll be laced all over there. Of course, you want to follow us and follow the action throughout the day. Be sure to follow us at Cracked Rackets. If you have any questions for me, any comments you'd like me to share on the broadcast, feel free to slide into those DMs. I'm at GreatShotPod at Twitter. Shout out, as always, to the super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do in. You know, he is truly my partner in crime here throughout these weekends. Wouldn't be possible for me to do all of these things without him. So shout out to him as always. Shout out to our friends at Midwest Sports, by the way. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use that promo code CR15. You may not play as well as some of these players here this weekend, but you'll certainly put yourself in the best position to succeed. MidwestSports.com. The promo code is CR15. Of course, we are well aware there's a lot going on in Australia. Rest assured, this is why we have extended our... Our Cracked Rackets team, Jamie McDonald, Matt the Crack Sikowiak, they are going to be offering a men's and women's draw preview. Believe those will be offered here on this mini break podcast feed, so be on the lookout for them uh, both throughout the day on Saturday and on Sunday as well. Uh, Of course, we will be back here next week covering each day's action and, of course, preparing all of you uh, for next week's men's national indoors. February is a crazy month on the tennis calendar always, and, of course, we here at Cracked Rackets look forward to covering all of it, keeping all of you fans in the loop on everything going on. But with that in mind, for our wonderful hosts here in Stillwater, for our friends at the ITA, for my super producer and partner in crime, Daniel Westa, for our friends at Midwest Sports, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.